With 10 national motocross titles, including two perfect seasons, and five national supercross titles, which makes for a grand total of 15 trophies in his closet, you cannot deny that Ricky Carmichael is indeed the GOAT. After dominating two-wheel racing, he decided to jump into NASCAR from 2008 through 2011, and he even racked up 2009's Camping World Truck Series Most Popular Driver Award. Nowadays, you'll see Ricky commentating for the AMA Monster Energy Supercross on NBC. When he's not on TV, he's teaming up with Triumph to develop a new lineup of off-road machines. Plus, you can't keep Ricky out of the saddle for too long. As part of his work with Triumph, he's discovered a love for adventure riding, to the point where he and some close friends suit up every year to find the best on- and off-road riding spots all over the United States and the world. It's unofficially known as the RC Summer Adventure Ride. This is Ricky Carmichael. I'm your host, Mark Long, and you're listening to Driven to Ride. Ricky Carmichael, you're on Driven to Ride. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, rolling along. This is a slower part of the time of the year for me. Um, it's a time where I can rest and I wouldn't say rest, but uh, just kind of unplug a little bit, and not have the daily grind or in the travel. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no, it's it's an honor. The, the pleasure's all ours and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. So Let's let's jump right into it. I know this is probably a silly question and you probably don't get this question a lot, but let's just start from the beginning. What do people know you for? What's your claim to fame or I guess claims to fame in your case? <laughs> well, uh, for people who, who don't know who I am, um, I raced motocross, uh, motocross, supercross. That's what was was my sport. Uh, I turned pro in 1997 and raced all the way through 2007. It's a 10-year uh, span, uh, which back then was was pretty respectable. Um, and, and luckily for me, I didn't have a lot of injuries. So, uh, I was at most of the races. I only missed one supercross season with a, a torn ACL that I had to have fixed. So, um, in, in 10 years I was at, at most of the races. Uh, and luckily, uh, I won a bunch of championships, a bunch of races, and, uh, just was really fortunate. I had some great people along the way that I got hooked up with early on in my career, um, whether it be sponsors or just, uh, you know, people that I look up to, uh, one guy, Johnny O'Mara, you know, he was, uh, he was basically my, my riding coach, my mentor. And, uh, he set me on the right foot early on, uh, when I started going to California and testing and stuff with, uh, pro circuit, uh, Kawasaki team. And, uh, one thing just led to another man. I just, uh, like I said, I got, I got hooked up with great people early and uh, the next thing you know, um, I won some championships and won some races. I uh, won 150 uh, uh, races throughout my career, um, which is 102 MX races and 48 Supercross races. So uh, that, that, was, that was pretty good. So I was very fortunate. Do you have all the trophies kind of lined up in a case somewhere or are they on display? Or um, You know what's funny is, no, I don't. They're in a storage unit about <laughs> Three miles from three miles from here, I do have uh, my championship trophies. Uh, you can't really see them. I have some number one plates, uh, but I have some championship trophies. But uh, no, I don't. Um, at my parents' house, their old house, we used to have um, we used to have them all set up, and and they kind of liked it because you know they were my parents were a huge part of my success. Um, they sacrificed a whole lot uh, to get me to where I was, and like a lot of parents do. Not saying that my parents are any better than anyone else, but uh, yeah, we didn't have much. So anyhow, anytime that I could give them back things like that as a reminders and thank yous, 
uh, I would do that. So they had a massive trophy room at their old, uh, old house upstairs. And, uh, but they moved, um, to a smaller house and there's not any room. So it's at a storage unit, but we, but I did keep some of my championship stuff and special, more special trophies. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, that leads me to uh, this question. Uh, obviously your parents supported your, your motocross career and stuff. How'd you get even onto two wheels? <laughs> It's funny you ask that question. So I started out on a Trizinger, a Yamaha Trizinger three-wheeler. Okay. Yeah, that was 1985. Is a blue one. Remember, sometimes you would see them at, uh, at the um, grocery stores outside, you know, like you could put a quarter <laughs> in and get on them and the things would just kind of move up and down like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I started on that. And then how I got on two wheels Basically, the the Trisingers were starting to fade out, and it was coming to a time where I was ready to, and getting old enough to make the transition to go to uh, KX60, and um, that's basically would would have been the next uh, progression step into my uh, my my motorcycle career. Is uh, I got old enough and, and tall enough to have a KX60, and and, and went on to do uh, start riding KX60. Nice. And it was just, you were kind of hooked on those two wheels from the start and never looked back, huh? I never looked back. That was kind of the step forward. And, um, yeah, you know, I was able to learn at a very young age and recognize, uh, the, the sacrifice that my parents were making, like a lot of parents do. I'm not saying that my parents were any better than any other parents, but, uh, I had some God given ability to recognize that, um, yeah, I liked racing. I, I, I liked, you know, I liked winning and, and everything that came along with it. Uh, but it wasn't my favorite thing to do. But at the same time, I just didn't want to dis, uh, disappoint my parents. And I could have went to them and said, hey, you know, I don't I don't want to race anymore because I liked playing like Little League Baseball and stuff. That was really my true passion. And I had to I, it came to a point, I think I was seven years old, around seven years old. Uh, and they're like, hey, you know, it's got to be one or the other, you know, because if we're going to do, whether it's baseball or motorcycles, we're going to do it. We're going to do it a hundred percent. And obviously I picked dirt bikes. So, uh, uh, I don't know why I did. Maybe I thought <laughs> it, I, I liked it better at the time. Um, but yeah, so that I never looked back, man, right after that. Uh, yeah. Right after I got onto to two wheels and made that jump from not, not doing two disciplines of baseball and dirt bike riding, uh, yeah, we we're off to the races from that point on. Yeah. Literally speaking. And, you know, like we said, um, you know, got a, got a couple three trophies, a uh, couple championships yeah. under your belt and made a heck That's of a it. career out of it. So, yeah. Thank you. So now, I mean, now you, you're working with triumph, right? So when I, um, when I stopped racing professionally, um, I got some great opportunities, um, uh, in the four wheel side of things and, uh, raced some, uh, NASCAR, I raced NASCAR truck series for about two and a half years. I did like a abbreviated schedule one year and then, uh, raced the, the series two years after that. And so that was a lot of fun. And then after, after that was over, uh, now we're like looking at around 2012, uh, Carrie Hart and I had the RCH race team together. So that was fun. And while I was doing that and while Carrie and I had RCH, um, I was doing dipping my toes into the the broadcast uh, scene and uh, doing some shows here and there up in the booth with uh, Ralph and Jeff at the time, and then they had me doing some floor announcing, which I absolutely hated. Thank <laughs> thank goodness I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, and and so as time expired and, and we shut down RCH, 
Um, and then things started to run dry on Suzuki and we weren't sure where they were headed. And I had some opportunities, knew some people that I knew at Suzuki that left there and went to Triumph. And uh, they said, hey, we, you know, we're probably going to be developing a um, off-road bike, an MX, SX line, uh, enduro line, motocross bike. And uh, man, we'd love for you to be involved. And uh, now, you know, this is, this would be like 2018, 2019 when the stuff, when the talks were happening so mm-hmm. for sure, 2019. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another. I know we keep saying that. And uh, I'm like, absolutely. You know, I'd love to do it. I mean, an iconic brand like Triumph and, and outside of just the being part of the R and D and, and being part of the inception of a project like developing a motocross uh, model bike, it was something that just happened to be perfect timing. It was something that uh, I was interested in. I wasn't overly busy doing things. TV was keeping me busy on the weekends for Supercross. But I didn't have a whole lot of stuff going on in the summers. And, th- and like I said, this is something that I wanted to be a part of. I could spend the amount of time that I needed to. Um, I've, I'd learned so much through my professional career, you know, riding for Suzuki, riding for Kawasaki, riding for, for Honda, um, and, 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 and racing on a steel chassis, racing on an aluminum chassis, racing on a two stroke, racing on a four stroke, just, you know, I just hit it at the right time and, and had learned so much from so many great people, engineers and things like that. So I'm like, man, I could, I would hope that I could take the knowledge that I learned all those years and pay it forward to developing this, um, this new series, um, or this new model that they're making. And, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was how the journey started, and that was a thought process behind it. And they believed in me, and at the same time, um, I was kind of dipping my toes in the sand on the uh, adventure side of things. Yeah. So it was really a, a match. Yeah, it was really a match made in heaven. It really was, and has been. Um, like I said, an iconic brand, Triumph Motorcycles, um, and and the the adventure stuff, dipping my toes in the sand there. And, getting to explore the world and the country on, on adventure bikes has been a lot of fun outside of the, uh, MX SX enduro, uh, model that we're, we're about to, to hit the, that you're about to see on the, on the, on the showroom floors here soon. Yeah. Yeah. So you debuted the triumph, um, just a little while ago. Right. And I, I saw, I, I think I saw a video of you flying through the air on it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if I was really flying through the air. Uh, I, I didn't feel as comfortable as it used to feel. Um, yeah, so we debuted. Uh, we de- debuted the, um, the 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 MX bike 250, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We had we had the opportunity to do it at the LA Coliseum, yeah. which uh, everyone knows how iconic of a venue that place is from all, all phases, all aspects of sports, no matter what discipline you're in. I mean, the Olympics were there for crying out loud. Uh, that's where the first Supercross race was, ironically. Wow. And it was the final uh, round of the inaugural season of the Supermotocross World Championship. And um, it, I had knew that it was in the works. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was where the timing was going to work out. We were going to be able to pull it off. But we did. We did. And man, was it special. And I don't think everyone thought that it was real. I'm like, well, for sure it's real. I'm not going to be sitting here promoting something that we're working hard on if it's not real. I don't have no reason to do that. (laughs) So to be able to display that bike um, at such an iconic 
venue like we'd already talked about and the event in general. But yeah, it was a special moment. It was a special moment for uh, for everyone. I think for num- number one, the industry to have another manufacturer coming into the game, um, especially on the on the dirt side. You know, the, I mean, they they have a massive showing in the adventure side and and on the roadside and, and things like that. But for, for motocross, supercross racing and enduro racing, which is, is huge, a huge part of the market for the off-road world. Um, it, it's, it's big, it's really big. So, uh, yeah, it was special and, um, I'm, I'm excited for it to hit the showroom floors. I, I assume, and I believe it's going to be sometime early, um, next year. Um, I can't say that for sure. I, I just, from what I've heard, it's going to be some, some time in Q1. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting times. I think people will like it. So, um, we work really, really hard. You know, there, there's a lot of things that go on with developing a motorcycle. And when you make significant changes mm-hmm. and along the way we did, and they were for good reason. You know, if you make a, if you make a change to the chassis, whether it's the d- design, whether it's material, um, you know, then you have to rebuild that, you have to tweak that design and then you have to go test it. And, you know, that takes months and months and months of, you know, redesigning, retweaking, and then you go test it. Okay. And then if it's good and it meets all the approval, uh, process, it meets the approval, it passes the approval processes through all the people making sure we all agree that it handles the way that we want it to handle and the consumer is going to like it. Then it goes to the safety inspection part of it. You know, it sits on a rig and, 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 and it has to pass all these checks and balances. Same thing goes with the engine, you know? So things like that just take a lot of time that I don't think people realize. And uh, trust me, it was, it was frustrating for me at times because I wanted everyone to see the damn thing because <laughs> I know I, I, I knew it was good, but at the same time, you know, it just, it, it takes a while. And, and that's why it takes so long is because of the things that I was telling you, you know, when you make substantial changes like that, it has a process that it has to go to for good reason. Yeah. Nothing exists in a vacuum and even just street motorcycles. I mean, it's a whole thing. I mean, like you said, there's, there's not this, not just the design, there's the safety and the emissions and there's all kind of hoops to jump through. You can't just slap a bike together and call it good, unfortunately. So. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and that's the thing, I think we saw it a lot with the Austrian brands, you know, it's cool that, you know, they, they were, they were getting, you know, acquiring these uh, already existing brands, but it was more or less copying the pace and weren't starting anything from ground up like we were doing over here at, at Triumph, uh, not to use COVID as an excuse, but we started getting going right when COVID hit. Like we did our first test. It was right after Daytona Supercross in 2020. And we finished up on Thursday and literally everything shut down on Saturday. Like remember the next race was supposed to be Indy Supercross. It almost our engineers here almost didn't get home. They they were able to get out on Friday, wow. supposed to leave Saturday. So who the hell knows how long they would have been stuck here? But so that put everything behind. Um, but the the great thing about Triumph and what's been a lot of fun is everything is made in house, and uh, that that is I think that's a nice attribute to uh, the to to what they're able to do um, on this new model. And I think it's going to pay. It's going to pay massive dividends from a racing standpoint. 
Um, and what I mean by that is if we need to, if we need to tweak something or make a part and piece, we can do that. They have the ability to do that and we can, it can be on the, on the motorcycle within a week or two. Wow. And, and at this level, you have to be able to move that quick. I believe like we'll be able to, to work fast on our feet that way and, uh, give our riders what they need. So a lot of things to look forward to and, and we're happy about. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And I'm, I'm excited to see, not only see it on the showroom floor, but also, you know, see it on the races and stuff. I think that'll be super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a great, um, <clears throat> we've got a great crew, uh, running not only the, the MXGP side, Matieri and the boys, but, uh, also over here with, uh, Bobby Hewitt, as you can imagine, uh, he's pretty motivated. Mm-hmm. He did great over at Suzuki when he was, um, supported by Suzuki. And then of course with the, with the Husky team and, um, how, how all that went down, he's pretty motivated. The guy knows how to, um, operate a race team, run a race team. He's got some great people. And as you know, we're only as good as the people we got working on this stuff. Uh, but he's respected by a lot of people and, and most importantly, the riders. I mean, any, anybody that has ridden for Bobby, um, they will, they'll tell you that, you know, they, they like that guy. So uh, that's cool when you got the trust and the and and the owner, the manager, the the team that that's huge. So a lot of process went through that the due diligence stage of who can we have operate and run this team at Triumph America, and uh, for me it was uh, it was hands down. There was never a question of, of who it needed to be. Nice. So yeah, let's go back to. Um you know, COVID 2020, is that where the, uh, RC summer adventure came into play and that's how you got into adventure bikes or. Yeah, it was actually, I think that our first RC summer ride, we weren't really promoting it that much, but I think it started maybe in 2018 or 19, mm-hmm. we would, uh, ride out to Sturgis. Uh, yeah. So I kind of picked it up from, uh, Carrie Hart. He would, he would always do that, uh, get a bunch of group, uh, get a massive group. One year we left Loretta's and went there. We had like 13 of us. And then, uh, Carrie kind of went his way. He was doing stuff with Indian. And so we, JH and I, JH Leo, in case you guys don't know him. Um, but if you're in the weeds and you follow us on Instagram or you're at the races, you pretty much know he's like my little shadow. So, um, he's a great guy, but uh, he kind of runs my world, does a great job. So we kept it going. And yes, what you said about, so like 2020 come along and I knew the triumph thing was, 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 you know, it had already happened. We'd gotten our deal done. And so, uh, yeah, we were going to use the, uh, tigers, uh, their adventure bike, the, uh, the 900 and the 1200, whichever one that they wanted me to ride. I love them both, uh, for different reasons. Um, so, uh, yeah, we started doing that, the RC summer adventure. Um, I personally, so we've been all, all so so many great places. Uh, the reason that we do more of them on the West coast is because me not growing up, um, out there, there's, there's so much to see out there. Right. So that's why we mostly gravitate towards the West coast. The riding is so good. And, 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 and it comes that, that idea comes, comes for me and the JH, you know, uh, and some of our other crew that we have on the ride, they, they often, they try to persuade me to look at other routes on the East coast, but there's just so much to see out on the West coast. And like I said, I didn't grow up up there. So I like seeing new things. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing the, the only thing that's more crazy about how big the West is, is how varied the landscape is. I mean, you can go from forest and mountains to desert in like three hours or less. I, I know you're exactly right. Like, and my mind escapes me on, on some of the on some of the routes that we've gone. But yeah, it will be in like gnarly mountain route. And then, you know, it's, there's greenery because the rain on the mountains. And then like to your point. You get down to the mountain and then boom, it's just full blown desert, you know, dust storm. Uh, but man, have we come across, uh, we, 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 have we come across some beautiful country out there? I mean, you know, like when we're on the ride and, and, and normally we, we, we tr- you, sometimes you have to cap it on the amount of guys that come, because if you get too many, just logistically, it becomes a nightmare. Not that we don't like having a lot of people on there, but it just, it just, it just logistically becomes a nightmare. And, uh, it seems like you're waiting a lot. Uh, but it's, it's just fun. The conversations that we have. And, and I, I, there's so many times and I, and I say it so much about, I could live out there. No problem in the summer. Yeah, it's uh, it's a super cool area. I mean, and it's just it's so big. There's so many different areas. I lived out in the West for a little while and it's just I tell people all the time, it's some of the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen in my life. Hands down. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. And you're just like, oh, it can't get any better. It, it is. I mean, whether you're going over the mountain passes or you're, you're you know, you're in one of the uh, one of the valleys running next to a river, one of some of the windy roads there or you get out into the open plains area, like in Idaho and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Uh, you know, you can just see for miles. I mean, in the wildlife as well, you know, the wildlife, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's peaceful with smell. Um, you know, the, the, the temperature for the most part, we've got, we've been very, very lucky on temperature. We've had some, we've had some super hot days. We've had some cold mornings, but nothing that we couldn't handle where we're like, ah, man, we don't, we're really, we're really miserable today. So yeah, just, yeah, to your point, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So that kind of um, leads me to, you know, there's a lot of prep into, into an adventure ride. I mean, especially cause you're going for five, six, seven days at a time you're dealing with hot days, cold mornings, you know, I mean, there's rain, um, routes and where you're going to say, uh, you know, bucket list, not even bucket list item, but checklist items. Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes on in logistics and, and planning. And that is a great question. So for me, I don't do a lot of the, uh, this is where Jake gets the credit and, uh, Ray Butts from, um, uh, United Motorsports. He, uh, you know, he, he was at, uh, he was at Rocky mountain for a long time. So he, he had ridden a bunch in the West coast, Utah, Colorado, you name it, Idaho, all those, all those places on the West. And, uh, so they really sit down JH and, and Ray does and, and come and, 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 and look at routes, you know, suggested routes. They got apps and guides of online that uh, anybody in the adventure world can go and, and, and check out. Mm-hmm. Um, I give them a general idea like, hey, man, let's do it on the West Coast. Like we'll, we'll pick a region, you know, and, and then I'll be like, hey, I'd, I'd really like to go here or I'd really like to check this out or, hey, I'd really like to stay. For, for one example, uh, we came across Darby, Montana. That's where Yellowstone is filmed. So we stumbled across this killer, uh, these like log cabins, small little Western town. And Yellowstone uh, is there. 
Chief Joseph Ranch is right there, Dutton Ranch. And um, it was just awesome, dude. It's a cool little bar scene, cool little Western bar scene. We're playing darts at a killer, killer dinner. And then, and then we go back to these little cabins and uh, they're like four or five cabins and each cabin would sleep like three or four people. And, you know, we get up, we would get there purposefully early uh, that afternoon to enjoy some beverages and just hang out because like, you, like we're talking about the scenery, you're like in this valley, there's steep mountains all alongside you. It's peaceful. But then. Yeah, we hang out in the afternoon, you know, listen to some music. Normally one of our guys will bring a guitar. We're playing and singing or I wouldn't even call it playing and singing, but having a good time. <laughs> and then, um, you know, at that night, we'll go down into the town there of Darby. And um, yeah, we'll go have a, a great dinner and, and check out a little Western bar and, and just enjoy it. Right. And uh, still haven't been able to get into Dutt Ranch yet, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's stuff like that where I'll make suggestions and then they'll try it. And then Ray and, and JH will put their minds together and then uh, find, you know, find the cool mountain passes to go over to eventually get, get to those those stops. So lots of logistics go on. Basically, the inception starts, you know, for for the following RC Summer Adventure Ride, the if we finish on a Friday or a Saturday, it starts, you know, on talks on the last night of the, the current ride. It's like, hey, you know, what do you guys think about next year? Where should we go? Should we go, you know, first, what region should we go to? And you know, or what works good for Triumph where, you know, there, there's also things logistically where you have to think about where, where, where is easy to fly into where there's a great Triumph dealer or that that Triumph dealer might think or might like to have us and host us for, for a day or, or come to their dealer because uh, we try to pay it back to them as well because they do so much for us and provide so much for for, sure. for the sum, summer ride as as well as uh, the uh, the fall ride as well. So a lot of things, again, a lot of things come into play and that's how it starts. You know, it's like, hey, what region are we going to? I'd like to hit this, this, this. Some of the, like I said, the Darby, Montana, um, the location, that's that's pretty much a staple. We did not hit it this year just because our route would, would have taken us way too far off the path. But um, we've been there three, two or three times. Wow. So aside from Darby, um, has there been any place that you've explored on uh, your RC summer adventures that have just completely surprised you? Maybe like you thought, oh, well, we'll just pass through. It's nothing really to see here. And then you were just floored at how beautiful it was. Oh, hundred um, percent. Great. Uh, great question. I believe it was, and I need to pay more attention about stuff like this. <laughs> I was like, what was that? What was that pass we were on? But uh, Beartooth Pass. And uh, I don't know. I want to say, hell, I don't remember where it was. It was, <laughs> it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, the elevation was way up there, like 13,000, 12,000, uh, but just the windy road and um, Anthony Paggio, at Oakley and said, and I grew up with Anthony. He used to take me riding when I was like seven years old. Hmm. He always joins on the ride as well. And we were hauling the mail coming down <laughs> on our tigers, dude. I mean, just going for it full bags, the whole bit, those bikes handle so good. But there were times where we were like, dude, we are going way too fast. We were basically racing. <laughs> we were racing down, uh, uh, down this pass, but yeah, Beartooth pass was an, epic epic road ride um 
That was one year. And then right outside of Sun Valley, we we're on this like little river road and it was gravel, mm-hmm. um, just windy gravel roads. And they were like perfectly smooth. And you could really, I mean, you could get after it. And then you could back the bikes in, like, you know, power sliding, coming into the corner, big, fast, uh, fast sweepers, slow sweepers. I remember that. Uh, I can't remember exactly what, what road it was, but yeah, I mean, it was a long river gravel road forever. That was an epic time. I mean, and most, and most of those passes, like I said, Beartooth and then right outside of Sun Valley. Um, and then we came and then last year's ride, Flaming Gorge, I believe it was called. Okay. Um, that was an incredible, um, um, pass coming up through there. I mean, you talk about desert on one side, mountainous on the other, a massive dam. It had all kinds of landscaping that you could ever, it's like three or four different style views of landscaping. It was a massive, uh, massive, like huge, like divide or pass that we went over there. But yeah, Flaming Gorge is what it was called. And that was, that was incredible. Um, as far as towns go, Ure. Uh, I got a new love for uh, Ure that we stayed there this year on the ride. We stumbled across that because we did Engineer Pass the year before that. And I, I don't know how I forgot about Engineer Pass, but Ure is a killer little Western town. Imagine like a, an Aspen or something like that, but just not discovered and taken over. Yeah, that's what Ure is. And they do like uh, um, ice ice climbing there. Oh, wow. So, you got yeah, you got Engineer Pass. Is just right up there. So we stumbled across that last year. And um, yeah, that that's a cool little town. Uh, there's just so many places. And the thing is, it's like, man, I want to go do that again. Or I want to stay there. You know, like like I said, Darby or Ure. There's, there's so much happening there. But, but then there's always other places we want to we want to go and see as well. Yeah, well, the um, the RC Summer Adventure Ride this year wasn't the only one that you did. Um, you just got done with a Fall Friends Ride, right? Can we talk about that a little? Yeah, we did a uh, we did a Fall Friends Ride, and and uh, I've been meaning to get up there for so long. So we went up to uh, the UP, and I've never been to the UP. Obviously, I've been to 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 Michigan and Wisconsin and all those all this been to all the states but never the UP uh-huh. and uh, we went up to uh, we joined Jeff Stan Jeff Stanton and Jeff Stanton Adventures there at Two Hats Ranch and um, we did kind of like a tour most of the time when he hosts rides which if you've never done it you got to go uh, do Jeff Stanton Adventure Ride up there and stay at Two Hats incredible incredible um, lodge there that they have. Um, in the fleet of, uh, of tigers that Jeff has and, and Triumph provides him with, uh, it's it's turnkey. Basically, you just you you fly there, and uh, they'll pick you up, uh, take you to the ranch, and you stay right there at Two Hats. And it's like a cloverleaf. You 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 take off from there and you come back there every day. They got breakfast for you. They got dinner for you. Uh, Jeff hosts uh, lunch every day, and it's some of the most incredible riding. I, I never realized how much dirt you could ride on uh, while we were up there this year. We did more of a tour. We didn't do like a cloverleaf where we would take off from two hats and end up at two hats each day. Mm-hmm. We um, 
Yeah, we, we had destinations that we would go. So we left there and then went to Traverse City, then Traverse City. We went to Mackinac Island and then we stayed up on the very northern part of the UP uh, the, the final night. And, well, I say the second, the final night. And then we ended up back at two hats, uh, two hats. And it was um, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, we had a very diverse group of riders from pros, ex-pros to beginners. I got one guy that came with me from Tallahassee, a friend of mine that just loves riding. And, and, and he flew up and, and he joined us. But I totally recommend uh, this ride and what Jeff has been able to create there. The experience uh, is second to none. You could bring, you know, if, if, if you're a husband and a wife and the wife doesn't like riding, I'm telling you, she can go there and hang out at two hats. There's plenty <laughs> to do there. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Again, we had a great group of guys and a lot of these rides, you know, the, the group that you have can make, can make it just even that much better. The group of guys that you have, we had our, our friends from, uh, our Australia come, uh, they had joined us on a summer, on a summer ride. Uh, they were able to make it happen, uh, wow. come out, to, uh, yeah, come out to our fall friends ride this year. And, uh, yeah, man, it, uh, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. We could go on and on about the riding. There were a million times, uh, on our fall ride with Stanton, the guy still hauls the mail. Um, <laughs> I was way over my zone cutting through trees and, really? and these narrow trails. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, we were, he doesn't always go that fast. So if you're <laughs> a you know, beginner level, novice level rider, he, uh, Jeff does a fantastic job at catering to all, all needs and wants. And the, he's a great teacher, but yeah, the, it's a, it's a hell of a thing he's got going there and I'm pumped for him. And I'm bummed that it took me so long to get, to get, to go uh, experience that. Yeah. Michigan's really a hidden gem. I'm originally from the Midwest and uh, you know, you spend summers going to Wisconsin or Michigan or the, even, even the UP a little bit or whatever. It's, you know, a lot of people yeah. kind of overlook it, but there's, it's a lot of really, you know, beautiful landscapes. It's not the West, but it, it, it doesn't have to be. Right. You're exactly right. And see, that's why I kind of like, ah, well, it's the same kind of like, you know, like it's, it's green and you can't see for miles and miles and miles. But to your point, like the riding is so good and the routes that we were on and the roads that we were on, like you living out there, this, I, I had never known about how, how long these snowmobile trails are. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's a thousand miles of snowmobile trails. So you get on those trails for a while. And like, like I said, for all levels, if you want to, you know, you want to be on a novice trail, you go on a novice trail, which I like those. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people always think like, just because, you know, my, my history in racing motocross and supercross and the success that I had that I want to get on these, on these tigers and just go balls out and, and, and live life on the edge. Or I, I don't, I am adamant about this on all the rides. Um, even like when we climbed engineer pass, yeah, it was cool, but that was hard for me. Uh, you know, the bikes, the bikes are bigger. I'm a smaller guy. There's rocks. And like when you're on rocky terrain, that those, it's, it scares me. I don't like it because I'm always thinking about hurting myself. Mm -hmm. So I am adamant about getting back to, sorry, I, I, I just get so amped up about talking about it, but I'm adamant about, Hey, let's, let's make these rides fun. Mm -hmm. not challenging because I don't want to have to think and I certainly don't want to hurt myself. So, um, yeah, and it's so easy for people to think I, I want to go on these gnarly rides and I, and I don't, 
know, and I'm the first to speak up. I'm like, yeah, this is too gnarly. We shouldn't be doing this. And, and quite frankly, some of the guys that we have uh, on our ride, summer ride and, and uh, fall friends ride, they'll never, I don't think they would ever say, man, that was, that was too difficult. So uh, good on them. They, uh, they, they, they play it off. Like it was, it was no big deal, but if it was hard for me. I'm sure it was hard for them. And that's, that's no fun for anybody. So I really am taken into account, not only for myself, but for, for their best, their, their, their cause too. Well, like you said, when you don't have to think about like the terrain right in front of you, you get to enjoy the scenery a little bit, you know? Exactly. And- exactly. I mean, everywhere that we were was, it was awesome. Travers, Travers was awesome. Mackinac was great. Like I would have, <clears throat> I would have liked to, <laughs> it sucks because the day when, when we left Travers city and then we went to Mackinac that day, like we got behind, like one guy got sick. And then my buddy who is a beginner, he was riding with uh, one of Jeff's, um, one of Jeff's uh, support riders and he, um, they fell behind. So I would like to go and spend more time there at Mackinac. We had a, like that mm-hmm. we just, we, we were, we were crunched on time that day, unfortunately. And it was a cool stop. So, but I also, because when I was up in Michigan, like when we were up in the UP this year and the ride, I didn't realize this because you, there's so much dirt and gravel roads you could ride on. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to go back and do that ride and just stay at two hats because we're always doing destination stuff majority of the time. And I, the only negative I feel about destination rides is you're always freaking racing to the next stop always. So what would be cool is, is like, like I said, go to two hats and do like clover leaf and just ride, not have our bags, just ride the motorcycles. Just enjoy um, the day. So yeah. We'll do that also. Right. Like you just yeah. make like a clover leaf each day. Uh, that yeah. would be fun. Yeah, I was blown away of it up there this year about how you know the riding and the trails. I mean, like I said, you want a beginner trail, which I like those. Normally, they're a little bit faster, gravelly. We talked about backing it in and sliding those things. It's it, it's fun. And then if you want to go on an intermediate or expert trail, they have that as well. I was blown away at how sandy it is up there. I, I couldn't oh, believe yeah. how sandy. Oh, that, that was challenging. That was challenging. And I imagine you guys are probably connected like on Bluetooth and stuff. So you're probably, you know, talking to each other and communicating and. We got our Cardo pack talks. Uh, those things are a lifesaver. And yes, I mean, we're talking, laughing as much as they are a huge benefit for safety. And I, I, I to this day, it blows my mind of why we don't use it at a professional level. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Pro motocross championship just a one-way talk back to where the rider can't talk only he has a spotter from a safety perspective i could mm-hmm. i mean these guys are pros and i've used it with professional riders they love it and there's no, it, it has more of a safety advantage than a, a non-safety uh you know some people say oh it's not safe a distraction there's no way it has way more safety benefits than non-safety benefits uh but yes um, Cardo has been a great partner of ours. So we got, we, we do have great partners with, uh, Boxo as well. Uh, Boxo and Quadlock, they, they, they all make great product and have been supporters of the, uh, summer ride and now fall friends ride. But, uh, going back to the, um, the communication in the Cardos, I just always think JH takes a hell of a beating. 
Does he really? I mean, it's, 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 oh yeah. I mean, honestly, we're just most of the time, and and a lot of it is rightfully uh, deserved. He asked for it most of the time with his stupid comments and just like <laughs> you're just like, did you really just say that? Uh, but yeah, we're mostly busting his chops on the whole ride and, and making fun of making fun of him. He starts yelling at us, and I'll never forget this one time. It was one of one of our first uh, RC summer rides. He got it was me and Paggio and Jason Beam from Beam Designs, and we I don't know we were cutting across somewhere, um, in, in Utah. I mean it was a it was a long long stretch of just like kind of open desert, and he got so mad at us. We were busting his chops about something. He was yelling at us, and 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 he, dude, he just. He just gassed it wide open and like took off from us. We, we pissed him <laughs> off so bad on this, but we have a lot of fun on the, on, on the Cardos for sure. It's, it's definitely a nice caveat to, to have those for sure. Every group of friends has one, you know, so. Yeah, they do. Hey, and it's not like, it's not like we want to just bust his shops all the time, but he just says silly things. He, he opens the door up for silly, silly stuff. Right. And, and JH, God bless him. Uh, he is a, um, oh dude, he's got every kind of accessory on, on your bike possible. Like I'm, I like access accessories to a certain extent. Like I got that little Moscow, uh, uh, that little bat, that little tank bag. Like that's all I need. He's got the massive, the massive, the backpack tank bag. Like, you know, like to me, it gets in the way, not, not in a bad way. Like, again, I'm a smaller guy. I, the, the tank bag that they had that I use the small one is awesome. I can put put my wallet in there. We're good to go. And then like the quad lock, our quad lock mounts are awesome. And they have the vibration dampener. So your phone don't get smoked. Uh, at, I, so I have that. I have the little charger. So I got my charger all the time. And of course, uh, my Cardo. Dude, that's about all I need. Boy, Jake, it's up there. He's got this, this. Pretty soon he's going to have to have like a satellite antenna. <laughs> uh, so I bust his... I bust his chops about that stuff, but, uh, he's, uh, yeah, every, every, every one of the groups has one and he is that guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about it a little bit, um, just about like the scenery and just the relaxing kind of part of it. What, but what makes the ADV riding so special to you? Like, you, cause you've really dived into it and you, I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's not an easy thing to get into. Um, so what, what makes it so special for you? Well, and, and, and I may, and I mean this when I say this is like, I, I'm fortunate, I'm spoiled. Like I get the, you know, we fly into a destination, our stuff's ready to go. I bring my panniers with me where I go. So it's, you know, they got the racks, all I got, I'm, I'm just plug and play. So it's relatively easy for me. So I'm spoiled in that regard, but I just love what, what I love and, and the older that I've gotten, the more I appreciate uh, is just sharing experiences on a motorcycle with great friends and, and building memories um, with my friends that I'll be able to take for a lifetime and, and seeing the beautiful sights that this great country has to offer that uh, I, I've, I've only seen so little still to this day. So that's why I love the adventure riding is, is how we can, you know, create and build great memories with great friends on motorcycles. Um, they've done a great job and, and I'm no, I'm, I'm probably being partial 
to Triumph and, and the Tiger model, but the bikes are are so easy to ride. They they can be intimidating when you look at them and you've never ridden one. And I'm guilty of that. When I got my first Tiger, I'm like, damn, this thing is is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, you know the the engineering behind it and the the center of gravity, how low it is, and you know how nimble they are. Um, they're not, not as heavy as you would think. They work really, really hard to make it as light as possible as, as long as safety is still there. Um, yeah, just th- those memories, those memories is what it's about. And, and, and sharing those memories also via, um, via Instagram and, and creating content and sharing those memories with our followers and the people within the industry and, and giving back to our partners, you know, like we talked about Cardo and Quadlock and, you know, Boxo with our tool bags, you know, our little, our toolkit <clears throat> that, that, that we're able to bring along as well. And uh, everyone that has been a part of it, that, that, that's what it's about truly giving back, but at the same time having a good time. And, and, and again, you know, I, I know like I'm fortunate, that I'm in the position to be able to do that. And, and I am spoiled and, and I don't take that lightly. So I appreciate everyone that maybe doesn't have the luxury of I do like I do of just flying to a destination and it's just plug and play. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the hardcore adventure rider and the true enthusiast that takes the time and goes out and buys all that stuff uh, to, I appreciate them and it just makes me respect them so much more. Um, because of the effort it takes, but it, it, it's worth it because they are, and I see why they do it. They're creating beautiful memories and, and things that will last them a lifetime. And, and, and another thing too, outside of that, we also use it for a test session, you know, like when, when we're riding these things and I think, you know, being an ex racer, I think you're always riding these, you know, you know, these bikes and, you're, you're, you're testing to a certain extent, like of things that it does well, or, Hey, what if we change this? Or, Hey, can you, can you change the gearing here or the mapping here? Uh, so we use it as a little test session mm-hmm. as well. And, and like, if, if we're on a certain trail, uh, whether it's off-road, whether it's gravel, whether it's engineer paths, or whether it's coming down bare tooth paths on the road, you know, there's little things that we can take away of things that it did really good or things that were, man, I'd like it if it could do this, uh, this a little bit better. And we relay that message uh, to Triumph and they're very receptive of the uh, information that we give or give them. So outside of that, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Nice. Uh, can you shed any light on plans for uh, the 2024 summer ride? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're tugging on me pretty hard to do. Um, the, the the east coast again you know maybe starting up in like vermont okay but I, I was talking to someone within the industry and i'm thinking might want to do uh from washington all the way down to california and that uh i don't even know like if you can ride the coast pretty much all the way down mm-hmm. all the way like like i said from washington down to uh, and end up somewhere in LA or Santa Barbara, something like that. You know, we'd have to we'd have to figure it out. Like Malibu up north through there, and just keep on going. Santa Barbara, Monterey. Um, yeah, I think I, I want to look at that. I've seen some stunning, stunning views there. Yeah, and if we can get three to four days 
out of it, like close to 1,200 miles, 1,200, 1,500 miles, and somewhere between three to five days. I want to seriously look at that. That's that's on my radar right now. So yeah, little sneak peek. Uh, JH is probably going to lobby me to be on the East Coast um, <laughs> just because we haven't done a lot on the East Coast, and there's still a lot. There's still a lot to offer there, um, dude. I've wanted to do like um, in the Carolinas also, but that's that's something like easy for us that we could li- leave here from Tallahassee and uh, ride our adventure up there. So that's why another thing like I'm like ah. I don't really think that needs to be the summer ride. I really want to base it. I don't know. I feel like the summer ride, in my opinion, is more of a Western region type of uh, type of ride. I just I feel like the, the base is too big for that for that ride. And we've always went out there. I just I, I, it doesn't feel right moving it to the East Coast. And then the fall ride should be here on the East Coast, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, thankfully it's your ride. It's not, it's not the J.H. Leo ride. It's the Ricky Carmichael. Oh, no, ride, no, so. no. He didn't make it. No, no, it's J.H.'s ride. And that's sometimes <laughs> I, I have to remind him of, Hey, J.H., is this your ride or my ride? <laughs> Which one are we doing? But to his credit and, and Ray, he, they, those guys put in a tremendous amount of work and that I'm super, super thankful for it, for them working hard as they do. Cause it's not easy logistically, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, that's exciting, man. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm excited to see the, the, uh, the new bikes out on the showroom floor. I'm excited to see, uh, where you go next year for your summer ride and, and your fall friends ride. Uh, is there anything else that you got going on that we didn't cover that you want to talk about? Yeah. You know, that was, uh, that, that was great. I haven't, I haven't gotten to talk about my summer adventure ride and, and the, of course my fall friends ride just because we just did the first one this year. But, um, I'm always open to suggestions as well. Like, uh, you guys, you can, you know, hit us up on the Instagrams, um, or Facebook or, or Twitter, give us suggestions. We're, we're open. We're, we're always open for it for whether it's the, uh, summer ride out West on the Western side or the fall ride, you know, on, on the East coast, uh, suggested routes. And, um, also just, um, you know, and I've said this a couple of times, uh, we appreciate everyone following us and, and, even though they're not there with us in the flesh on these rides, we hope that uh, you, you guys enjoy the journey with us, even if it's via social media, because that's what it's about is sharing those memories. Well, thank you very much, Ricky. This has been a fantastic conversation. I appreciate every, uh, your time and um, you know, hopefully our, our paths will cross again. Yes, absolutely. Hope, hopefully so. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to driven to ride interact with us and check out full unedited conversations, photos, interviews, video interviews, plus other goodies on YouTube or Instagram at driven to ride podcast, or you can check us out at driven to ride podcast.com and make sure you leave us a rating and review from wherever you get your podcasts too. If you have an idea for an episode or a guest, or you want to invite us out on an adventure, email us hello at driven to ride podcast.com driven to ride is wholly owned by Flint rock LLC made possible with help from Matthew Miles and written, hosted, and produced by me, Mark Long. We'll see you out there.